Coming up on this episode of Sports Talk with Marcel, we recap an incredible week two of this NFL season and we pick week three games this Sunday. Plus, now that John Wall has asked to be traded from the Houston Rockets, who's favorite to land him? And as the MLB puts closer towards the postseason, who's this year in there an AL MVP? The best and worst of the weekend, and we also recap this past college football action and preview this weekend's games. This day in sports history and more, right now on Sports Talk with Marcel. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of Sports Talk with Marcel. Thank you guys for joining me on this beautiful Thursday, September the 23rd, 2021. Um... I'm a little bit under the weather today, guys. A little bit under the weather, so bear with me. Um, We have so much to get into. Um, Of course, we're going to recap week two of the NFL season. Uh, We have a game tonight, a start off week three. We're going to pick those. That game was also with the games coming up this Sunday. We have some interesting college football games we will get into. Uh, Of course, preview this. This um, weekend games, um, MLB is closely, um, closely towards getting closer towards the postseason. We will take a look at that. We will look. We will go over John Wall's situation. He has asked to be traded. Who and whose favorite to really land this guy? We're gonna talk about that, and of course, best and worst of this past week, and. This day in sports history, but we definitely going to start off with the NFL week three. It started with the New York Giants last Thursday night against the Washington football team. Daniel Jones completed for two, um, 22 for 32, 249 yards and one touchdown losing effort. Tyler um, Hinkley, Hinkley. Um, 34, 46, 30, 336 yards, 2001 interception. Um, the, the New York Giants really had a chance to win this game. I believe the, um, Giants player, his last name, his name is Lawrence. Um, as Hopkins goes to win, goes to kick a field goal, he jumps offside. And as he jumped offside, before he jumped offside, Hopkins did miss that. Um, field goal will have made it, will have sealed it, um, the win for the Giants. But unfortunately, he jumped off sides, gave Hawkins another chance, which he did connect on the next one. And, uh, and, and the Washington football team went their first game of the season and they defeat the New York Giants 30 to 29. Now, I must say this Saquon Broccoli. Um, um, Barkley, excuse me. Do you have to start asking yourself, do this guy, is it, is it something he wants to do for us continuously to play with a team that we know that is really just not that good? I believe he had 13 carries for 58 yards. No, I think he, I think he had more than that. Let's look, let's look at this. Let's look at how much he times he touched the ball because I do believe it was like thirteen times 
he touched the ball that um that Thursday night. Um, I don't have it down right here, but we definitely want to get it in one moment. Um, if if I was actually if I was actually him, I would probably you know ask for a trade. He did have th- exactly 13 carries and 57, 59 yards in rushing and had two receptions and 12 yards in receiving. So, you must say, it's not him. The offensive line is, you know, get protecting Daniel Jones. He played a tremendous – Daniel Jones played a tremendous game, but they they wide receivers is, is just straight garbage. You pay Kenny – um. Kenny Galladay, all the money, he only had three receptions for 38 yards. Um, Slater had three receptions. Also, it's like they not really getting any separation. It, I, I, I seen it was, I heard it was rumors of um, Kenny Galladay hollering at the offensive line of passing the ball. But, hey, you got to get separation, man. You have to find a way to get separation for your quarterback to give you the ball. We all can admit that Dane Jones is not the guy. Even though he played a tremendous game for the New York Giants, I, I, I'm, it's this third season, I believe. It's third season. And I just, I don't believe in the guy. I really, I, two, two, um, I think it's his second season. I think it's his second season. Second or third. I'm not really believing in this guy. He have an up and down week every single up and down week. Last week he didn't play good. This week he didn't. This week he played good, and they still lose. I think the New York Giants have have to be real with themselves. Like you know, maybe we have made a mistake. But what what can they go from here though? What can they go from here? The New York Giants have no identity. They don't. They can't get the. They can't pass the ball. Even though Dave Jones had a tremendous game. It just seemed like they not scoring enough points to win. The defense is average as at best. It's like, come on. But the New York Giants fall to the Washington football team. I won't be surprised if this team go winless. Oakland, the not Oakland, the Las Vegas Raiders. Escape in Pittsburgh at Heinz Field, twenty six to seventeen. As Derek Carr showed his show his tail as he completed twenty eight fifty seven, three hundred eighty two yards, two touchdowns. Ben Roethlisberger is not himself no more. This is going to be this is probably his last year to me personally. Twenty seven to forty, two hundred and ninety five yards, one touchdown, and of course one interception. Pittsburgh have no rushing game. Thirty nine yards on the ground is not going to cut it at, at any level, at, at any level, college level or professional. Definitely not in the special level. Thirty nine yards rushing for the entire game. Still, a secondary gave up big bombs. Every time Derek Carr threw the ball up, uh, it would come down on um, um, Las Vegas on Raider on um, uh, right receiver. Pittsburgh defense played horrible this game. They couldn't stop absolutely nothing. I believe T.J. Watt went out with a little injury, but 
It's just like it's, it's the it's the next man up, man. This game was just straight embarrassing for the Pittsburgh Pittsburgh Steelers to be at home in front of you, in front of your fans with the with with uh, I believe the with a sold out crowd for the first time in a while, and you dropped the ball to the Las Vegas Raiders of all teams. Unacceptable for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They dropped their first game of the season. The San Francisco 49ers and the Philadelphia Eagles. This game was very, very weird. As a Philadelphia Eagles fans, I'm not Eagle. I'm not an Eagle fan. I love I love Jalen Hurts, but my God. My God. You You tell me the Philadelphia Eagles win a lucky game. Honestly, not well. I wouldn't say lucky, but beat a, a um a not so good Atlanta Falcons team. You go home week two, and you lose by six to the Forty Nine ers. What game you could have won easily, and that and that touchdown of that ninety um yard pass. They drove down the field and they tried to do the Philadelphia special and they didn't convert on fourth and goal. What's up with the play calling? My God. San Francisco 49ers, they really didn't do much as well. They got a, made a few lucky plays and that was it. This game was very boring. Jimmy Garoppolo, 22 of 30, 189 yards, one touchdown. They didn't do absolutely nothing. You could, you could probably say defensive struggle, defensive game, but hey, 11 to 17, hey, anyway, anywhere, anyway, any, any way to get a W is a acceptable in the NFL. Even if you are the San Francisco 49ers. I didn't do absolutely nothing. Defense came up to, came up. Um, on some big plays. Jalen Hurts, 12, 2390 yards. Not going to get it done. No touchdown. Didn't turn the ball over, but still didn't get the ball in the end zone either. They only had three points in the first half. Obviously, they didn't come out. They didn't. They came out straight flat. But this Philadelphia team, I, I, I really don't. I really, I, I, I haven't hit. I, I, I didn't have high hopes for this team coming into the season. I just don't think Jalen Hurst is, is ready to be that um uh a quarterback, elite quarterback that the Philadelphia Eagles need. They dropped their first game of this um of this early week seventeen season. Week I mean eighteen weeks. Eight seventeen games, eighteen weeks, eighteen week year, calendar year. The Houston Texans and the Cleveland Browns. Tyron Taylor, 10 of 11, 124 yards, one touchdown before he was injured in the first half. My God, this guy cannot get a break, not whatsoever. It seems like every good, every year or every every time he's at a point where he's able to have one good game, and that's exactly how it was with the Los, Los Angeles Chargers a season or two ago. I believe it was last season. Get injured. That game had made room for Justin Herbert to just take over from there. Go to Houston, 
had a tremendous game against Jacksonville last week. Come back this week against the Cleveland Browns. Get injured and make room for another rookie quarterback. And I, I Mills, it's just once once Tyron Taylor left, you just you just feel the air just got sucked out of the Houston Texans. They played a tremendous game, but hey, eight Mills, I believe the name is Devin um, David Mills, eight of eighteen, hundred two yards, one touchdown, one interception. You can say pretty much average, but it sucks. It really sucks to be Tyrod Taylor right now. He was placed on IR earlier this week. So who's to say if he even come back for the remainder of the season, even though it's an 18-week season? It happened the same thing with him last season when he went down and he didn't see the field again in Los Angeles with the Chargers. But Cleveland Browns came out. Um, Baker Mayfield had a tremendous game. Um, I believe um, Jarvis Landry was also injured in this game. But Baker Mayfield is just, and and it's Cleveland, and it's Cleveland Browns team itself. I believe if they do not turn the ball over, they could be a very, very, very dangerous team. Baker Mayfield completed for 19 of 21, 213 yards, one touchdown, one interception. And Nick Chubbs barely run for over 100, run for 100 yards and only with 11 carries. And out of them 11 carries, he got 95 yards and, of course, a touchdown. Like I said, if this team is clicking on all centers on offense and they are not turning the ball over, that defense already know the, uh, as the season progresses, that defense is going to get tougher and tougher and tougher. And I really do believe Cleveland can beat some of these big AFC teams. They they came close last week and they dropped the ball, but if Cleveland do not turn the ball over, I believe they could be a, a, a Super Bowl contender, a big Super Bowl contender. The Denver Broncos and the Jacksonville Jaguars, 23-13. Denver Broncos win their second straight game of the year. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater just playing straight out ball. Uh, I'm seeing a flashback of him in the um, old Minnesota, Minnesota Vikings. 26-34, 328 yards, two touchdowns. Um, Trevor Lawrence, oh, my God, this guy... I don't know what he's seeing out there. I I don't. I really, honestly, don't believe he can read defense. Fourteen to thirty-three, one hundred eighteen yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Now, he could be on the pace to break Peyton Manning' record, his rookie record, which was has is twenty-eight interceptions in a rookie in a in your rookie year. I believe he'll break that. But Jacksonville drop again, which makes this a 17th straight loss. Unbelievable. Because last season, they won their first game and they lost the remainder of the season. So this makes 17 straight losses. Unbelievable. The New Orleans... Saints and the Carolina Panthers. Carolina Panthers just came out just straight up balled. Um, Carolina defense had wins running all day. Four sacks. 
uh, four sacks. Sam Darnold playing tremendous, tremendous football. Twenty six or thirty eight throws in the five yard, two touchdowns, one interception. If he can slow down the intercept turnovers, he could be he could be a decent quarterback to lead his Carolina Panthers team to the at least a, at least a wild card. Cause there's so much, is so much going on in the NFC West, and we will definitely get into the NFC West games. But this Carolina team, going knowing they playing in a, a up and down um, division, which is the NFC South, you have Carolina, you have New New Orleans, and you have Tampa. Atlanta nowhere near that picture. But I believe I will I will probably pick Carolina over New Orleans to make the postseason. Some may say that is the same, but hey, look at the logic. I would rather trust um, Sam Darnold than Jameis Winston, which completed for 11 to 22, 111 yards and two interceptions. This guy was running for his life the entire game, especially in the second half. Wasn't, wasn't converting on fourth down anything. This guy was running, literally running, and he just couldn't seem to get out of the pocket. New Orleans dropped their first game of the season as they lose to the Carolina Panthers 26-7. Now, the game that I kind of thought could have been an upset, which should have been, is the Indianapolis Colts and the Los, um, Los Angeles Rams. Los Angeles Rams, um, Los Angeles Rams squeeze, squeeze out a victory, 27-24. Over the over the Indianapolis Colts, Matthew Stafford balled out nineteen to thirty, um, two hundred and seventy eight yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Carson Wentz, it's got it seems like this guy cannot stay healthy for one good season, for one full season. It seemed like Carson Wentz cannot stay healthy for one good season. Twenty of thirty one, two hundred and forty seven yards, one touchdown, one interception. This. Any Upper Coast team have no identity whatsoever. Whatsoever. They score points, but they have no identity. They have absolutely no identity at all. Absolutely none. And I'm just I'm I'm just not understanding. If if Frank Wright the coach is a such a offensive, um, offensive genius. Why does this team have no identity? Hundred and nine rushing yards, but no offense, no offense whatsoever. Didn't turn the ball over, but, but, no no fumbles lost. Led the game with time of possession, but still lose. Still lose. I'm not understanding. I'm, I, I, Indianapolis Colts it should be a, a should be a playoff team, but right now they are playing straight trash. And, and who who's to say with that horrible division? You have not but one team to worry about. In my honest opinion, that's the Tennessee Titans. But the start of the season, zero and two against teams that you actually had a chance to beat. I just don't understand it. Rams survive in the Indianapolis. 
The Buffalo Bills, which I, I absolutely knew this was going to happen, but I expected it to happen like this. The Buffalo Bills went to Miami and straight dominated, blew out, manhandled, outplayed, outcoached, outworked the um the Miami um Dolphins, thirty five to absolutely nothing, thirty five to zero. As a professional NFL team, the Miami Dolphins had a week of preparation. Just to get on the field Sunday afternoon and absolutely score no points. That is unbelievable. That is really unbelievable. You to prepare for one game and you score absolutely no points. Miami is also another team have no identity. 71 rushing yards. Absolutely no identity. Tour is two is done. I believe he's done. Then you have Jacoby um, Brissett come in. And it just seems like he's just the old old him and throw interceptions. Or throw uh, turn the ball over. I'm just not. This Miami um, Dolphins team, it could really cost um, um, Flores his job. It really could. It really could. They have no identity whatsoever. And I'm not surprised they just go absolutely no points. They lose. Buffalo Bills sack the quarter, sack tour in. Jacoby said six times. Not both of them as total six sacks for the Buffalo Bills. But man, Miami Dolphins look look terrible this week. Yeah, you can you can you can squeeze by the uh, any um a rookie quarterback and Matt Jones and the um New England Patriots, but when you have a, a um Buffalo Bills team who was coming off a, a, a embarrassing defeat of the Steelers last week and have a chip on their shoulder, and you already know they are a team or top three team in the AFC, and they come to your house and straight man and straight manhandle you, thirty five to nothing, embarrassing, embarrassing, another embarrassing team. That I can also, this could be a first year that two NFL teams go winless. The New York Giants and the New York Jets. Can you just imagine if that happens? New York wouldn't show absolutely no love for they, especially if the Yankees, and it seems like the Mets not making the postseason, but it's if the Yankees get tossed out the playoffs. Early and the New York Jets and the New York Giants go winless this year season. Man, can you imagine how the New York, how New York would be? But the New York Jets get blew out by the New England Patriots, twenty-five to six. Zach Wilson, five no four interceptions, and he basically threw that in the first half. The New England defense dominated the entire game. Matt Jones came out, did what he did. Not so much, 22 of 30, 106 yards. Like I said, Zach Wilson threw the four interceptions, but he had a uh, a down-down game, but he did complete 19 of 33, 210 yards, and, of course, damn, four interceptions, man. This dude. Can you just imagine if him and Trevor Lawrence – Break Peyton Manning record of the most interceptions 
in a rookie season. And it's a it's a it's an eighteen week season. So they they actually on pace to both of them are on pace to break Peyton Manning. Or both of them actually have five or more interceptions apiece. And it's only week two. So just imagine. Just imagine. The Cincinnati Bengals, what some say are the best team AFC North, and I absolutely do not agree with that. They are the worst team in the NFC North. They go to Chicago and could have had a a victory. Joe Burrow, 19-30, 207 yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions. If he don't throw them three interceptions... Or at least one of those three, the Bengals, the Bengals could have actually won this game. Andy Dalton, 19 of 11, 50, 56 um, yards, one touchdown before he was leaving to an injury in the first half, which as now Justin Fields will be starting next Sunday against the Cleveland Browns. And, and I and, and you would not be surprised who I'm picking to win that game. But the Bears fan, I, I, as a Bears, as a as, as a Chicago native, as a as a Bears supporter, I am not, I am not happy about this win. I am not. This is the Cincinnati Bengals, the team that haven't been in the postseason, I believe, in like, what, like five or six years. I am not sold. No, I am not sold. I don't care how good the defense played. Defense can bet them all they want to. The offense can do absolutely nothing. And see, this is what I talk about when um, people wants to see Justin Fields. No one talking about him throwing an interception and gave and, and could have gave um, Cincinnati that momentum that they needed. They was down twenty one to ten with three some left. They could have won this game. Cincinnati Bengals could have won this game. I mean, 20, 20 to a 10. Cincinnati Bengals could have won this game. I don't believe, I don't. I honestly don't think Justin Fields should be starting. I would rather put Nick Foles in, get him a game or two in the, under the belt before they ship him off uh, either this season or offseason. I don't think he's ready. I honestly don't think he's ready. I honestly don't think he's ready. So if he go out and wet the bed next Sunday, this come Sunday in Cleveland, don't come talking to me, cause I don't want to hear it. I, I don't. I just don't believe he's ready. And it's like the and like the media and the fans was just eager to get an answer out of uh, Matt Nagy, who's the starter. That's the only thing people start thinking about once once Andy Dahl went down Sunday, was just kind of a slap in the mouth to me personally. The guy haven't had an MRI yet, haven't been ruled out, haven't been placed on IR, none of that. Who's the starter? They jump straight to the question. Who's the starter for week three? Unbelievable. But as a Chicago Bears supporter, I am not impressed about this victory whatsoever. I am not impressed. 
You played the Cincinnati Bengals and you had a chance to lose. You actually had you could have lost. I am not well, there's nothing to be happy or and be impressed about, in my honest opinion. The Atlanta Falcons and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, as the Atlanta Falcons blow leads. They actually had a they had all the momentum going in the fourth quarter. This team was down twenty-eight to ten. Twenty-eight to ten. I believe going into the fourth, right? Going into the no twenty-eight to um twenty-eight to twenty-five, and they just they wet the bed. Matt Ryan throwing pick sixes. This Atlanta team could go also winless, to honest, honest opinion. We could possibly see three winless teams in the NFL season. Nobody would talk about that, though. These Some of these teams might just get lucky and play one another. That's probably be their only win. Tom Brady straight balled, 24 of 36, 276 yards, five touchdowns. To be 44, to I believe 43 or 44, this guy is playing like this is fifth or sixth year in the NFL, and the guy been playing over 20 years. Can you say Father Time have finally lost this time to, to Tom Brady? Matt Ryan, father time is, is speed enough for him because this guy is getting worse each and every week. 35 or 46, 300 yards, two touchdowns, and of course, three interceptions. I remember Matt Ryan wasn't even um, throwing interceptions like now. The last two, three years, it seemed like that Super Bowl meltdown years ago have really cursed Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons. They can't win absolutely nothing. Haven't been up to the postseason. Haven't had a winning season. Had it got a coach fired and might have the owner just, you know, I just give up on a franchise. Let me just sell the team. Got a new stadium, but absolutely, absolutely trash as an organization. I don't care how good the stadium look. I don't care how much you have sell out, sold out. All over the place. The Atlanta Falcons is cursed from their Super Bowl meltdown. I, I just can't imagine being an Atlanta Falcons fan. I can't imagine that. Like I said, Atlanta could have won this game. They could have won this game. They had all, to, all the momentum. All the momentum going into that fourth quarter. They could have won this game. Another team that um, blow leads is the Minnesota Vikings. They actually, the Minnesota Vikings actually was up, I believe, 24 to 9. 24 to 9. And it just quickly left within 10 minutes. Within 10 minutes, the first play of the game, Minnesota drove down the field and scored a touchdown early. Within, within a minute, 
they was in lead. And they had the lead all the way into the, I believe, middle of the second quarter where it it just evaporated quick. This was actually a good game. But as a Minnesota Vikings, the Minnesota Vikings fans have to be wondering, is this Mike Zimmer last season? Because, my God, the defense is terrible. And it seems like Kyler Murray becomes faster every week. Faster every week. No one can touch him. No one can tackle him. No one can grab him. It just seems like this guy know how to escape. Is an escape artist when it comes to tackling. The Arizona Cardinals win this game 34 of 33. Kirk Cousins played a tremendous game. 22 of 32. 244 yards, three touchdowns in the loose effort. Kyler Murray, as always, balled out, but did throw two interceptions, which was costly. 29 of 36, 400, 400 yards, three touchdowns in those two picks. But Minnesota could actually won this game. If it wasn't for that kicker missing a game-winning field goal. A game-winning field goal. I cannot understand. As a quarterback, you have to be very frustrated. Very frustrated. To actually... I think it's Greg Joseph missed the, missed the field goal. Missed a field goal. And the Minnesota Vikings will have got their first win of the season. But actually, but now they haven't. They now 2-0-2. I believe for the second year straight. Minnesota could have won this game. Tennessee Titans. Go to Seattle and win probably probably with the biggest comeback of Mike Verbal um, NFL coaching career. This game was out of this game could have was basically over the first half. Seattle was up 24 to 9. Going into the uh, going into halftime. And all of a sudden, Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry came to life. Derrick Henry is on another level, man. This dude is something special. Ryan Tannehill, 27 of 40, 347 yards. Russell Wilson, 22 of 31, 343 yards, two touchdowns. If anybody thought about this, what if this is actually Russell Wilson last year with the Seattle Seahawks? Because... As, as, as good of a team they are, they seem like, for the last couple of years, they seem like they get to the postseason and go home early. Maybe this is the um, last season for the Pete Carroll and the Russell Wilson um, combination. I don't know if you think about that, but I'm damn sure thinking about it. Because they haven't been as good as people thought they was this season. Week two, you go against the Colts, you beat the Colts. Coach is the Colts, and some day, uh, some weeks, Colts is the Colts. But now you go home to a crowd that is very tough to win at. Not a stadium, it's very tough to win at over the years. And you have a lead like that, and you lose. 
If you ask me, this game was supposed to be won in, in, um, in, in regulation. End of regulation. I don't know what do these referees be seeing. Julio Jones' touchdown was a touchdown. How can you call it a touchdown and go back and change it when you clearly see both of his foots is in bounds? Not as Achilles out of bounds or on the white line. Both of his foots was in bounds on the ground. And they called this not a touchdown. I just don't understand how the referees can be this blind. But anywho, Seattle lose a game where they actually, this game was over. Halftime. But Derrick Henry, 3,586 yards on the ground along with three touchdowns. The Dallas Cowboys and the Los Angeles Chargers. A very good defensive game, if you ask me. But Ezekiel Jackson have to do better than me, personally. I know he can't have, you cannot have Derrick Prescott. He threw 23 of 27, 237 yards, and of course, and threw an interception. But for the Dallas Cowboys to be a contender, Super Bowl contender, in my opinion, you have to get Ezekiel Elliott going on that run game. I don't even think he had 100 yards in a while. I don't even remember when the last time he had 100 yards rushing, to be honest with you. Because we all know what happened last year. He was a shell of himself when Dak went down. And that was early in the season. And this season, it seemed like he just don't want to. He just seemed like he don't know what, how to play football anymore. The Chargers could have won this game. Um, Justin Herbert is is right now is probably probably I cannot say MVP, but close. I think I will say this. I think he would be definitely in the, uh, the uh, MVP conversation at some point this season. Thirty-one to forty-one, th- three hundred and thirty-eight yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. The only way he'll be in the MVP conversation if he started playing better, not turning the ball over in that defense step up. Because I believe this Charger team can give Kansas City a run for their money for the division. For the division. Game of the week. The Kansas City Chiefs go to Baltimore and straight Wet the bed after they could have easily. This it seemed like it was an easy game for um Kansas City. Coming into this season, coming into this week, it seemed like this was gonna be a game that they knew they was gonna get. But just like my man Herm L would say, you play to win, and that's exactly what happened. But they did not get the dub. They got the big L with Lamar Jackson, just basically being who he is. Eighteen of twenty-six. 239 touchdowns. I mean, 239 yards. Excuse me. I know not touchdowns. Um, 239 yards, one touchdown, and two interceptions. That did really, it could have cost them. But it didn't. Patrick Mahomes, of course, played amazing. 24-31. 343 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. 
Baltimore sealed this game with their fourth down run by Lamar Odom. And, it, and they had, they were so excited like they won a Super Bowl. I haven't seen, I haven't seen a team that excited to be a team like Kansas City, which was Baltimore, I mean, Lamar Jackson first time beating Patrick Mahomes. First time beating him, this dude act like he won Super Bowl. I kid you not. But Kansas City, Kansas City got to do better, man. I believe um uh um Claire uh Claire. Let me see. I'm, I'm not, I don't want to pronounce his name wrong. Kansas City running back did fumble the ball on that last Kansas City possession to get um to get. Up, hold up. Okay, let's go back. Let's go back. Okay, I believe it's Claire. Elvis Hilaire fumbled the ball. And Baltimore closed the deal. Got the fumble fumble. Fumble recovered the fumble. And Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Sneak on the fourth and um fourth down and, and, and seal the deal with their first win of the season. Tremendous win, tremendous game, game of the week, probably probably already top five game of the year. Um This may have motivated Baltimore to be a, a dangerous team in the future. A very especially this season. A dangerous, a dangerous team. This year, the Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers. The Detroit Lions, I couldn't even believe it. I really, I, I really saw it and I really couldn't even believe it. The Detroit Lions. Ashley was winning 17-14 going into the half. So as a as a as a team, you go into the half and you have some momentum. And it, they just come out and just act, they just came out like they didn't even know how to play football no more. They didn't do absolutely nothing in that second half. And, and, and one thing that really bothers me, it really bothers me, especially on primetime television. And and I and I and I don't be too excited to watch. Why do we have teams that we know ain't going nowhere on Monday night football and Thursday night football? I just don't get it. Well, I'm not going to even say the other nights, but Monday Night Football. This is a day. First day, first work week, first day, first day of the work week. You put on the Detroit Lions and you expect me to be entertained. If 
if you told me the Lions would be actually ahead of the Packers at halftime, I would have told you a liar. There's no absolute way I would get excited. It only I don't I, I they could have been up twenty. There's no way I would want I, I will I will get excited about watching Detroit Lions. This team haven't been I, I can just only remember the ninety eight season of the Detroit Lions with Barry Sanders. This team was straight garbage. This Detroit Lions team is garbage. If I was Jared Goff, I would try to get the hell out of there. How can you want to how do you how do you get motivated to play for a team that's that's garbage? Everyone knows this. And I, I'm not saying as a as a player, but and I know they get a paycheck every week. They they got a um a, a warrior's mentality of a, a fight, 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 play, play the game to win. Yes, but if you have a, if you are the Detroit Lions, I'm not talking about nobody else. This team ain't used to absolutely nothing but being losers. So I, I will I will really want Monday Night Football to really think carefully about putting teams like the Detroit Lions on television Monday night. I just don't understand. I really don't. Before we go into sports, this um, this day in sports history, we have some college football games to get into. Some interesting, some interesting games we've seen this past weekend in college football. Northern Illinois got straight shut out by um, the number nineteen ranked Michigan with rain sixty three to ten. The Michigan State uh, Spartans went to Miami and beat them seventeen to. Uh, 38 to 17. Nebraska Huskies got put up a good fight against the Oklahoma Sooners as Oklahoma Sooners win 23 to 23 to 16. The number eight ranked Cincinnati um Cincinnati take care of Indiana 38 to 24. Purdue and Notre Dame. Purdue could actually had a chance to win this game. They lose 27 to 13. Kent um Kent State Kent State and Iowa. Iowa win 30-7. Iowa State take care of UNLV 48-3. Tulane blow out, get blown out by Ole Miss 61-21. Stony Brook get annihilated against Oregon Ducks 48-7. And a tremendous game in Penn State as the Auburn Tigers come up short against the Penn State Nindy Lions, 28-20. The South, uh, South Carolina Gamecocks lose to Georgia Bulldogs, 40-13. Tuscola and Ohio State, 41-20. Ohio State Buckeyes win their second straight week. Uh, 
And the number one team in the nation, the Alabama Crimson Tide, survived a thrilling matchup at the Swamp against the Florida Gators as they beat the Florida Gators 31-29. to they actually, had, they actually could have lost that game if Florida would have came out and played more efficiency, more, with more efficiency in that first half. Um, but that your college football um, games was played this last weekend. Now it's time for this day in sports history. It is now time for this day in sports history. In 1979, St. Louis MLB legend Lou Brock steals 138th and final base of his career. In 1984, NFL San Francisco 49er quarterback Joe Montana missed his first start in 49 games. Also in 1984, Spanky Anderson is first manager to win 100 games in both leagues. In 1997, the Seattle Mariners break record for most home runs in a single year at 258 home runs. In 2018, 39-year-old New Orleans Saints quarterback Drew Brees throws 17-yard pass to Michael Thomas to become NFL career pass leader, breaking Brett Favre's record of 6,300 completions as the Saints beat the Falcons 43-37. This has been this day in sports history. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Sports Talk Marcel. That was this day in sports history. Now, on to the NBA. Before we get into the John Wall um, situation, J.J. Redick has announced his retirement from the NBA after a 15-year career. Tremendous, tremendous guy. I believe he leads the game with 40... 40% from three-point line, which is probably top 10 career-wise. But a tremendous, tremendous career. I didn't know it was 15 years. I probably I thought it was a little shorter than that. But tremendous 15-year career. Probably the best years he had was probably with the Clippers and Chris Paul and Blake Griffin. Whoa, what, what, what a team that was. But... Congrats to him on a, a illustrious career. Um, I'm sure he would like to have a championship, um, a ring or two. He could have had. He could have had if he probably would have went to you know the big market teams like the Lakers and the Brooklyn Nets and or the Milwaukee Bucks stuff like that. But JJ Redick has announced he retired from the NBA after 15 great, great 15 year career in the league. Now, the Houston Rockets and John Wall have agreed to work together in an attempt to find a trade destination for the veteran point guard. As the franchise is committed to moving forward, Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green as its starting backcourt, sources told ESPN. The commitment to the 20-year-old Porter and 18-year-old Green leaves Wall a a five-time All-Star who was traded to Houston in the Russell Wilson deal. Russell Westbrook 
sorry, deal last year without a starting role. Wade uh, Wall, 31, is expected to play for the is, is not expected to play for Houston as team management and Wall mutually decided that a bench role was for him wasn't be uh, beneficial to either parties. Sources say Wall is due $91.7 million over the next two seasons, including a player option for $47.4 million in 22-23, a contract that makes it, uh, attempting to trade him extremely difficult. Sources tell the um, Rockets do not want to give up first-round draft competition, complications and a wall trade that would not have interest in the, um, this, um, deciding a buyout until possible after free agency next summer. Sources say a wall relationship with the Rockets' ownership and management remains very strong as Wall and the Rockets have been uh, fluent conversation, I mean, fluent communication throughout the offseason. High ranks Rockets sources express deep appreciation for Wall's leadership throughout a tremendous um, campaign last season when James Harden trade demanded push Houston into rebuild mode and a rash of injuries fractured into the Houston, into the Rockets, finishing the NBA worst record. He's been a rock for us, a rocket source said. He's been a great. He's been great since he got here. Rocket source um, appreciate that the um, franchise made it priority to try to do right by veterans who seek to play for more um, competition, competitiveness situations. Criticizing trading hard in for PJ Tucker to contenders last season as a primary explains. So John Wall, D average 20.6 points, 20.6 points last season. Tremendous, tremendous upgrade to the other years. Well, a year where he had um he was coming off a um torn ACL. Um he shot 40 uh 40% from the field goal line, 3.2 in rebounds. 6.9 in assists. Now, if it's if it's if it's if it's somewhere that probably would be best for him. Some people may not think this, but I think the Clippers could be a good team that could be in the runner to pick him up. Clippers, you have the Clippers. You you have you know some teams will say, some people will say the um. The um, Philadelphia 76, they, uh, they can use a definitely, they can use a point guard now that Ben Simmons has uh, requested and told ownership that he's not reporting to training camp, which is starting next week. He's not reporting. He said he willing to sit out no matter how much long, um, much it will cost him. That's another situation for another day. But the John Wall situation, he could fit easily with Philadelphia. He could fit perfectly with the Clippers. There's not so many teams that he can probably go to. Maybe he tried the, um, some say the Detroit Pistons. A good possibility, but I believe, I, I, I know this for sure, 
that he will want to go somewhere where he's able to, you know, compete for a championship. And other teams like that is like the Clippers and, of course, the Philadelphia 76ers, where it seems like they are on, um, they are more about Joe M. B. than Ben Simmons. So, with John Wall coming in this situation, I think he will fit perfectly. Same numbers, probably same numbers, probably even better. Or he will probably have to slip down to a contender team, you know, like the New Orleans Pelicans. They can definitely use a point guard. But, you know, knowing that Lonzo Ball is now a Chicago Bull, you know, John Wall can fit in there nicely. But, like I said, he want to go to an organization where he want to have a chance to win a title, you know. And, then, you know, the Clippers are, uh, Clippers are probably um, a better option for him, especially knowing that, you know, the, the Trailblazers are um, got their point guard, the Lakers are loaded, Brooklyn Nets loaded, the Milwaukee Bucks, they have the same, you know, sa- somewhat same roster of last year, their championship season. But you have to look, you have to look what's best. You have to look what best for John Wall because I don't think if he decided to do the buyout or go to a, you know, a non-competitive team, you know, he'd be forgotten. Sorry to say, but he would. He would. And so I'm just, I, I think the Clippers probably would be best for John Wall. MLB. MLB is slowly sh- Close to closing in on the postseason as a couple games of last night with the Toronto Blue Jays and Tampa Bay um, Rays. Toronto did lose, so therefore they let a game slip away. They lose 7-1 to to the Rays. Washington lose to the uh, Miami. Baltimore lose to Philadelphia Phillies. The New York Yankees move right into Toronto Blue Jays second wild card as they beat the Texans seven to three, the Texas Rangers seven to three, and the New York Mets. It seems like the New York Mets have really, really, really been on a slump lately. They get um, they get beat not too bad, but in this in this situation that they are in, fighting for a wild card, fight for, still in the division race, I believe they are twelve and they lose. To Boston Red Sox, 12 and 5, which who holds the top wild card in the AL. The Minnesota Twins go to Wrigley Field and beat the Chicago Cubs 5 to 4. The St. Louis Cardinals continuously on a rolling tree win an 11 straight game and they defeat the Milwaukee Brewers as they already clinched the division 10 to 2. Colorado Rockies defeat the LA Dodgers 10 to 5. LA Dodgers still hold that number one wild card at 97 wins. Um, Houston Astros and the Los Angeles Angels. Houston defeat them 9-5 and Seattle defeat the Oakland Athletics 4-1. Atlanta continuously pushed for their division clinching as they defeat the Arizona Diamondbacks 9-2-2. And the late night game is the San Francisco Giants is a very surprising team to me. This I did not see this coming. They defeat the San Diego Padres, who looks to be dropping, dropping, dropping 
in the playoff race. Eight to six. Tonight, today games is the Chicago White Sox and the Cleveland Cavaliers looks to clinch. I mean, Cleveland and Cleveland, they have a doubleheader today. And the New York, the um, Cleveland and um, White Sox first game are on the way right now. Um, Chicago White Sox are leaving that game 7-2. to two. The um, St. Louis Cardinals and um, Brewers are on the way. Brewers lead that game right now 4-0. to zero. The Dodgers and Rockies a little later on. The Seattle Mariners and the Oakland Athletics a little later on, a couple, uh, probably a, a hour, less than an hour away from pit first pitch. The Brewers, I mean the Braves and the Arizona Diamondbacks, the San Francisco Giants and the San Diego Padres, and of course later on after this game, the Chicago White Sox and the uh, Cleveland Indians play a doubleheader today. And, of course, later on, the um, Washington National opened up a series in Cincinnati against the Reds. Battle of the Pittsburgh. The Pittsburgh Pirates. The Pittsburgh Pirates. Battle of Pennsylvania, I may say. Pittsburgh Pirates and the Philadelphia Phillies star uh, a series in Philadelphia. The Texas Rangers go to Baltimore to face the Orioles. The, the t- Toronto Blue uh, the Toronto Blue Jays go to Minnesota and continuously try to edge their um ticket to the postseason. And uh, the Astros and the Angels nightcap tonight in Anaheim. College football this Saturday. The Notre Dame Irish. Number 12 ranked Notre Dame Irish visit the Wall uh, Wisconsin. The Georgia Bulldogs visit Vanderbilt. The Iowa State 14 ranked Iowa State. And Baylor should be a tremendous match. Seven ranked Texas A&M Haggies go to Arkansas, which will be a tremendous matchup. Colorado State and Iowa. The Rutgers go to Michigan State, the big house, to play the Michigan Wolverine. And Clemson Tigers visit NC State, which would be a ASEC showdown. Tennessee visit Florida. Southern Miss visit the number one team in the nation. And West Virginia and Oklahoma. Akron, um, Akron and Ohio State. I would not believe, I, w- I would not be surprised if Akron pulled off this upset. They visit the uh, Bull, um, the um, Ohio State Buckeyes. And of course, the nightcap, which should be a tremendous game Arizona and the Oregon Ducks. Now, week three NFL picks. We're going to start off with tonight's game. The Carolina, Carolina Panthers are favored to beat the Houston um, Texans. They are in Houston. I will, I, I will go with that. I will take Carolina to beat them. Houston have no really hope right now. They will be starting their um, third-string quarterback, David. I believe his name, David. Um, David Mills. Sunday, the the game, man, this is, should be a game. The Chargers and the Chiefs, Kansas City are favored by the seven. I would definitely go. I, I would go. With, I would go with Kansas City by a touchdown. Arizona, Jacksonville, Jaguar. 
I think this is a blowout written all over it. I will take Arizona over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Chicago and Cleveland. Justin Field makes the first NFL start. I don't think he will get that W. Cleveland is favored by seven, and I will go with Cleveland on this one. Washington football team visits the Baltimore, the Buffalo Bills. I don't believe in Baltimore. I don't believe in Washington football team. I believe Buffalo annihilate them easily. The Colts and the Tennessee, a AFC South showdown. Colts have no hope for this game. I will go for the Tennessee Titans. They are favored by four and a half. New Orleans and New England. New Orleans and New England. I will go with New England on this one. I believe James Winston will have be pressured once again. This weekend, have, of course, every time he pressure, he have a big game. The Atlanta Falcons and the New York Jets, the two of the worst teams in Ashley, in, the, in the International Football League, I will go with the Giants to win. They have, they, have, they have to win at least a game. I believe Atlanta loses again. Cincinnati and Pittsburgh, another AFC um, showdown. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm going with the Cincinnati Bengals for the upset. Some they say it's not an upset, but hey, if you look on paper, fill it up. Pittsburgh would not lose this game, but I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals to go on the road and beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. Baltimore and Detroit. Baltimore Ravens all day. New York just never Denver are favored by 10. I will go with Denver. Miami and Las Vegas Raiders. Jacoby Brissett, I believe, is starting. And I don't believe he will do anything against this Las Vegas Raiders. I will go with the Raiders to win big. Tampa Bay and the L.A. Rams. And this could be an NFC Championship matchup. I'm going with Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Seattle and Minnesota. Who who you think I'm winning? Russell Wilson is a, a, a machine when he playing dome stadiums. I'm going with the Seahawks. And the nightcap of Sunday is the Green Bay Packers visit. Um, go to... San Francisco to play the 49ers where they have not been, not looked so good there. But I will go with Green Bay to beat the San Francisco 49ers. They looked like a team that I didn't know what their identity was this past Sunday against the Philadelphia Eagles. And I will go with Green Bay to win probably by a touchdown or two. And, of course, Monday Night Football, a game that I am waiting to see. The Philadelphia Eagles will lose in Dallas. Easy. Easy. That's your week three picks of the NFL season. Ladies and gentlemen, before we get to the best and worst, and before we get up out of here, my NL and AL MVP coming out of the NL is Bryce Harper. 33 home runs, 80 RBIs, betting at a 314, and a, a definitely 621 slugger percentage. Half his Philadelphia Phillies, three games out of first. They still have a chance to try to sneak into the postseason and do damage. I believe Bryce Harper is my NL MVP. And um, Shohan Hatani, he's been captivating the nation all year long. 45 home runs, 95 RBIs, and he's not done. 130 hits, 
Batting at a 256 with a 591 slugging percentage. Absolutely uh, a phenomenal. Only 27 years of age. He's about to take the baseball over. About to take Major League um, over in the next 5 to 10 years. For sure. He's going to be the main topic every season for the next 5 to 10 years. Now, for my absolute best and worst, I had to have two worst this week for some reason. I don't know. Miguel Sano became the fastest hitter, player, batter to strike out a thousand times. Unbelievable. Another one was Maurice Lee of the Las Vegas Raiders spitting on Trey Turner of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So now NFL have another problem on their hand other than referees blowing calls. They have players spit on each other. Roger the deal need to get it under control. And for my best of the week, I have to give it to the Tennessee Titans and Derrick Henry. Man, did they show us what they have in store for us for this season. Derrick Henry, 35 rushes, 182 yards, and three touchdowns on the horrible Seattle Seahawks defense. How can that not be the best of the week? Down 24-9 going into the halftime. That's my best and worst of this past weekend. And ladies and gentlemen, that would do it for this episode of Sports Talk with Marcel. Thank you guys for joining me for another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed and I will see you guys as always next week and as always, be good, be great, and be blessed.